It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. The following is a presentation of the Bellip Sports Media Network. You're listening to the Sports Scramble Podcast, where four friends serve up a weekly plate of sports with a side of SEC bias. SEC, SEC. Now, here are your hosts, Chet, Jacob, Wade, and Tyler. What is going on, everybody? Welcome into this week's episode of the Sports Scramble Podcast brought to you by Belly Up Sports. It's Monday, July 3rd, a day before July 4th. Tyler, how you doing? Yeah, doing good. You know, we had a week off our summer vacation, uh, as you will. We had a lot of going on, especially in the sports world. So we're here. We're back here. Yep. Only with two of us. You Well, every week it feels like you don't know how many you're going to get. You're going to get four, <laughs> you're going to get three, you're going to get two or one. This week, you're going to get two, but we do have a bonus guest, which I'm very excited. Exactly. We've got good old NASCAR Neil coming on the show. Let me bring him in. Neil, how's it going? It's been a little while. Been a little bit. It's going good, man. Coming off a a week at the track, and then two weeks ago, then back last weekend at the first ever race at Chicago Street Course. So, doing pretty good. Exactly. Hey, and we appreciate you coming on. I know you're in the middle of your 4th of July festivities. Neil's actually in the gym over by the pool getting in so he can hop on the Sports Scramble live show. So we appreciate it. Uh, You mentioned that you you went to the race last weekend. Tell us about it. You sent us some pictures. You had great seats. Uh, What happened? How how was it? It was a great race. It it happened happened to be my birthday. Me and my dad, I I flew into Nashville where I'm born and raised. I wanted to go with my dad. So he, he got me in NASCAR as a kid. Like, hey, Dad, let's go. We decided to go. Had awesome seeds right in the restart zone. Going out of, out of turn four. Great race. I know I didn't, we weren't able to get a set. We went on last week. But it was a good race. Uh, it's a mile and a half track, which, as the last two years, have been producing really good racing. Stage one, Tyler Reddick got the thing. Then going to stage two. It was uh, we had some solid three wide racing for about three or four laps with uh, Truex, Reddick, and Byron. I was kind of mad because I was in the beer line when it happened. I was like, <laughs> oh, and I, I happened to be on Twitter, like, oh, this happened. I'm kind of bummed I'm here and I missed it, you know. But back to my seat, so it was awesome. Uh, middle of the stage during green flag stops, Reddick lost a tire coming out of pit road where he just did a stop and the, and they didn't quite get it. He just tired quite tight. So he's come back down to get it tightened up and he loses it going in there, spins out. You know, it was kind of wild, you know, and I laughed because as it happened, my dad was coming back up the stands. He's like, oh, what happened? I'm like, oh, yeah, this happened. You know, it was kind of wild and fun. Then they caution went out. Then that restart, middle of stage two, some guys got lucky who hadn't quite pitted yet. They went in the caution, got the caution. But on the restart, there was a weird issue with William Byron and Brad, and Brad K. Brad Quay either missed a gear or something like that and ended up sending a, a – a, a, Name slipped my, uh, my mind. Uh, it was uh, uh, Ryan Blaney, actually. Sorry, the name slipped my mind, but he ended it's up. It's not good. You're already you're partaking in the Fourth uh, of July festivities, oh, yeah. so so no, we understand uh, if your details are a little foggy. No, but uh, Ryan Blaney though, ended up getting wrecked and ended up hitting the wall in an area of the track that did not have the safer barrier, which was a it's a foam piece on the wall on outer walls of all the tracks to help cushion the blow in the section wall he hit didn't have a safer barrier. So it was a kind of a hard hit. And there was even talks of whether or not he was concussed or whatnot, because these barriers are made. They've got a big information yeah, I, post 2001, you know, I saw that. Wreck. It looks pretty rough there. 
oh, it just showed up in the car. And I was like, ah, oh, and I, 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 I looked at my dad. I'm like, I'd be shocked if you race, if you race next week. It's just a hard hit in air that was protected by the barrier. You know, and it's a conversation we haven't really had in a while. But apparently they, they have a, I think it's the University of Nebraska they work with to determine where wrecks are like that happen. But as uh, I think after who's a famous driver back in the day said, 20 years ago said like, NASCAR cars will always find the spots not protected. Which oh, for sure. When you're going, they need you're to, going that fast, man, you, you can't – it's it's hard to oh, yeah. not anywhere, hit, in, hit somewhere. Even if it is a, it's going to turn one. Like, if, if there's a wreck on the restart, that's going to be hit. Like, how that not happen? Which even led into this week was we're at Chicago, street course. There was no silver barriers on the entire track because of street courses. There's not the room for the silver barriers because they take up about an extra foot and a half of space on the walls, you know. But going into the race, though, Chicago – I will say I was a big doubter of the race. Thought it was going to be terrible racing, thought the corners were too tight, whatnot. I was shocked and impressed by the race. Like, I'm happy with it. I was a hater to begin with. I'm like, what are we going to go on the street course? That's not NASCAR's thing. I get what you're trying to do to get new fans, but we need to get fans coming in on our bread and butter, which is olds. But it ended up being a good race. Like, there was a lot of passing zones. Even come, some drivers, such as Jenny Hamlin, were saying, there were more passing zones at this track than Sonoma, where we were at two weeks ago on a racetrack, you know. So it was a pretty good race. I was impressed with Chicago. Yeah, I saw some of it. I, I liked seeing it through the streets. Um, like you mentioned, they do it to kind of get some more fans. People uh, like myself who don't follow NASCAR every week, it was cool to see it uh, through the streets of Chicago and be a street race. It's something new. Switch it up. I saw that uh, Mr. Shane Van Gisbergen, I think I said his name right, won the race. So... Yeah, first time, yes. first time racer. Yes, so. he was. Uh, he was he was running under the uh, Project Ninety One car from Trackhouse, which happened in Nashville last week. It's a kind of a thing that Justin Marks, the team owner, created for the superstars of other series around the world to come into NASCAR. It's a it's a open point for you guys to do it. The last year, okay. Kimi Rackman, the former F One champion, ran at Watkins Glen and Coda this year. But but SVG, he's a three time. Uh, V8 Supercar Team in Australia, which their cars are very similar to NASCAR Cup cars. They each series have kind of inspired each other on in the car design, you know, and it was a pretty good similar, you know, and he hopped in, he qualified third. Like the guy coming this year to qualify third, like, you know, it wasn't like he qualified late and got lucky. This man was fast. Right. On all day Saturday. Like he was good. And and he even pitted late in on his last run. He went up from 18th to, to first. And it was really battling up and I was laughing watching it was before he got to first, the leaders was Justin Haley and Austin Dillon, who are both known for their prowess on the play tracks. I was like, what's going on here? We got Justin Haley and Austin Dillon, who have, who have both have wins on Daytona. You know, his only, only has one win is, is that, I believe, Daytona or Talladega, and Austin Dillon, who's, who's known for winning at Daytona, or he has one win at Charlotte, the 600. But, like, he's these guys are not known for their road course prowess, and they were up front. I was like, and even Justin Haley – qualified started last place and worked his way up to second like it was in a spot just had older tires you know and he even said like you know i don't retire that's just not the tires and they were kind of a factor in the race so it was pretty impressive you know but yeah overall it was a really good race well i'm glad that it uh kind of blew your expectations out of out of the water there uh, this was your first race that you that you caught in person that you right last week at nashville so yes, it was. You got you got any other ones planned coming up? Uh, I've got Texas in September. My, my local track to where I live. It's two miles down the road from where I live, and I I, I'm, I, I drive. I'm, I literally get dinner by it once, <laughs> twice a week. It's right in my backyard. But but I want to back to you, Chet. How you said earlier how uh, this was a race that got you into it. The cool thing about this race was because there wasn't a designated track, though the drivers were staying teams. They were staying locally in hotels around the track. So they were right. walking to the racetrack every day for the race. So fans are interacting with them as they walk the tracks. And you know, they have a lot of drivers what? who are walking from their hotel off Michigan Avenue. And fans like, oh, hey, it's it's Chase Elliott. It's Ross Chastain. It's Dennis Morris. These guys are walking there. Or even team guys who are walking to get cars ready. You know, they're being stopped because they're obviously they're in their in their uniforms, you know, kind of thing, you know. And, and that's the uniforms, you know, they, they kind of remind me of like fishing shirts. Kind of like they're very lightweight, kind of all the sponsors, <laughs> all over, you know. Not necessarily the fire students, you know, but because – but they're in their stuff, you know, and like, and, and it was a very big thing. A lot of drivers who, who you know, they'll make appearances at normal racetracks, you know, you may see them, but the, everywhere you go, they're there, you know. And another thing about this race that I thought made it what it was, was that it was unprecedented rain this week in Chicago. 
it was a lot of rainstorms this weekend to the point the Xfinity race Saturday got postponed to Sunday, Sunday, and they ended up having to call it two laps short of being official because of the because of the rain. And they ended up asking them to the cup race by 25 laps because of because there were no lights and whatnot. But because of the rain, they were having to start on rain tires, which they had for right. the road courses and these flat ovals. Fairly, you know, was it, it added more strategy to it? Was you had guys who who would gamble first to go to slicks because the track was drying out as it went on, you know. And you have some guys who gambled early for slicks and have to try to manage that, you know, or guys who went longer on the, on the wet tires having to try to find the water to keep them cool because the uh, wet, wet weather tires, they're softer tires, so they'll heat up quicker. So if right. you're going along, you're trying to find the puddles, you can cool them off a little bit, you know. I know, I know me, you, are, and both of us are engineers, and we've had a little bit of thermo in our, in our lives a little bit, you know, so we kind of have some of that stuff, you know. But yeah, it was kind of fun. Like, and it added to it where you had some guys who were gambling and going longer. And you had some guys who gambled quicks. Like, oh, once it got dry enough, they thought they went to slicks. And some guys spun out. And this track, like, there was not a lot of runoff. Like, there were some tight turns and tire barriers. And it was a big issue a while of cars getting stuck up under the tire barriers where these groups of tires that are all chained together. And cars would get stuck up, up, up under the tires that hit them and go up under them. But then even Kyle Bush, who hit them, who hit him on lap four ended up like in the top five of the races. We he hit him. There wasn't a lot of damage to his car. His car was safe and went back in. Yes, he, he, yes, he did gamble on the, the short. He he did pit early, thinking they were going to short the race. But still, like he, like you know, it's one of the. It was kind of cool. Like I'm excited for next year to see if they end up going back. It, it is an issue. They did have a three year contract, and but the city can opt out if they very well choose to. You know, but right. A lot of the press early on is like a lot of new fans were showing us and some of them were showing up just for the concerts because Saturday night was supposed to be the chain smokers. Some and some fans probably bought the tickets just to go to the concert, you know, but then they <laughs> kind of missed out, you know, and it was, but still like overall the overwhelming is people are saying it's a, it's, it got a lot of new fans. It's, what, eyes it's, on growing, it. the, it's growing the sport. That's always a good thing. You know, yeah. It's a good publicity and, there. Uh, growing and, the sport, just like live golf. It's like a, oh, yeah. a live golf version of NASCAR there in the street. Yeah, but, but even in something I saw this a lot this, this past week on Twitter is that uh, to please the old school fans, which I associate myself with the older school fans, even though I'm on my 20s and I still associate myself with the old school fans, you know. <laughs> but NASCAR, somebody said, oh, NASCAR did something this year on the schedule to please both. We went to Wilkesburg a month ago for the All Star race, which pleased the old school fans because it's the old school track from the Dead Race the 90s show. They pleased them, but they also did Chicago for the new school fans. Like, they did something for both sides to help. Get both sides. I'm like, that, that's a solid move. Like, I, I'll give them that. Like, cool. You, you please the old school fans who love the old history of Wilkesburg. Then you get the new school fans in Chicago. You know, and apparently there's now talks of going to, you know, other places like Denver wants Denver wants one. Apparently, Denver Denver's a top city for them to go to, which I'm all for, as long as you're not adding more than one of these things. To me, one of these a year is cool. You know, it's well, you gotta find the you gotta find the fine line as into what's no changing it too much and what's what's yeah. bringing just something new uh it's neat that they do it near the all-star race because that was what about a month and a half ago uh all-star so race uh, was in the was, was, in, was into may right so it's uh he's still kind of in that all-star mood um yeah. but and i know this, we're, this we're is also oh i think we're we're, we're losing you there neil the connection's going in and oh, out yeah. oh yeah so but oh, yeah. we, we oh, do yeah. – we don't want to keep you too long. We want to get you back to the pool party before oh, no, the fireworks no, no, start no, going There's off. only I do want to say, so, though. Okay. So I do want to say this, though, is that NASCAR, it's, with, with their media deal, it's the first half is presented by Fox. Another half is NBC. Right. And we're now the second week of the NBC. I missed last week's. And it's amazing how much professional NBC is. Like, it's amazing seeing what they did. You know, in this race, though, they actually were smart. They went radio style, which is where they have people in every corner of the track to talk about the – pass it on each person to another, you know, which is how the, the radio broadcast, and they were brought in one of the radio broadcasters from the other, because there's two radio networks that broadcast, half, one, half the tracks are done by one team, there's the other side, and they brought in one of the broadcasters, uh, Mike the Bagman, as he's known. Okay. And, stuff, and he did, and he, they put him in the race corner, and him doing this made the, the, the product of the race was amazing. It's awesome. Chicago, great time, you know, uh, it was funny. They kept on mentioning uh, is one of the broadcasters uh, uh, played basketball and uh, he, he, he played for the Cavs back in the day during the Jordan era bull run. The right. Bulls were good. Uh, I can't remember his name, but uh, uh, 
but yeah, but as a big time basketball, he, he co-owns uh, the uh, 47 team. And so, okay. and they're, they're, they're making a bunch of jokes like, hey man, are you even welcome in the city? Like, how are you? Like, right, you, exactly. You're, you're He's a kinda, rival. He can't be coming oh, yeah, but, to Chicago. And then you even have Jordan who co-owns a team in the sport, you know, it was like, it was just kind of funny. I'm, I'm, try, I'm trying to remember his name. I can't, I, I can't go bad on his name, but it's, uh, but yeah, but, but, but he co-owns the uh, 40, 47 team, that, and, but he does NBC broadcast and it's like, and they were just giving him their, 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 their give him crap the entire day. It was, it was just, <laughs> it's very well done broadcast, professional. Right, right. And there were some cool shots of this race of them coming across uh, 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 there's, there's an overpass that covered across the rain train tracks coming off Michigan Avenue. There's some cool shots of it. It was very, very well done. It was awesome to see, you know, and I'm looking forward to Atlanta this week. You know, we off the course back to Atlanta, the mile and a half, the mile and a half super speedway track. And we're kind of going into the, to the late summer series, you know, you know, as we, as we, as we round down towards, August when the regular season ends, you know, we're just over halfway the season, you know. So looking forward to it. the playoff battles are racking up, you know. So things are getting things are getting good here. Oh, definitely. I mean, the the NASCAR season's in full swing. We got the playoffs coming up soon. So of course we'll have you on uh some more once we get a little closer to preview the playoffs yeah. and get your picks like we did last season. Oh so. yeah. I, I'm hoping to come on following the, uh, Daytona here at the at the in August, you know, right for the playoffs. So I'm hoping to come back on here that you know recap the regular season kind of thing you know i'm excited sure, you know it's, sure. it's shaping up good i'm hopefully chet maybe i'll get you to come up come up here for the, the race <laughs> i might make maybe. a trip up there to, to to catch the texas race uh wait wait sorry wait sorry talking about it wait said he might come up here for it so i might get both of you guys come up here for me i mean yeah, for you, it's, only two hour, it's only two hour drive for you chet so it, so it ain't, ain't too bad out of the way for you exactly well we'll have to see what i got going on maybe i'll catch a race uh i'm gonna try to we'll get we'll get way maybe we'll get tyler to tag along with the whole sports scramble crew up there get some merch sling some merch hey some pictures like i said y'all can crash on my couch we got to (laughs) exactly Exactly, well neil we appreciate you coming on get back to your pool parties stay safe watch out for the fireworks yep get get some beer going and uh enjoy it so appreciate you coming on neil have a good one guys same to you so Tyler NASCAR Neil never disappoints. Always, always a good time uh, with the, with the NASCAR recaps, and he finally got to go uh, go, go see the race in person. So it's always fun. Um, we appreciate everybody tuning in for our NASCAR recap. But Tyler, we're we're, we're back to our, our baseball LSU. Of course, like you said, we had the week off last week. Um, picked a bad week because our yeah. Tigers <laughs> brought it home. We got the national championship, World Series. Um, I mean, was there any doubt, Tyler, that LSU was going to pull it off? I mean, if you were to say that after getting beat 24 to 4, there was definitely some doubt, uh, especially after that game. Uh, but let's just go game by game. I did this uh, on Bayou Bingo Bites, but you still have yet a chance to. So, game one, Ty Floyd, like, what an outing by him. 17 oh. strikeouts, not only breaks the record, but he also tied the record, too. Uh, so, I just. We've been talking about it. The bullpen, the pitching staff was the reason that this LSU team was here. And then Kay Beloso does it again. I feel like in every game, it was a clutch home run. The Wake Forest game, get a three-run bomb, and then game number one in the 11th inning. And there were some plays in that game where you could have circled that Josh Pearson catch uh, that saved the game from ending. I think it really that, did. He yeah, I, make that I, mean, catch I thought that ball score. was over his head. But then you go into game two, Nate Ackenhausen was the starter. He was okay. And then they went to Blake Money for a batter, and then he gave up uh, a two hits. And then after that, they brought in Gavin Guidry and Florida and Ty Evans. The hit pop a grand, grand slam. slam. That really yeah. opened up the door. And after that, it was like – all the chances that they had with the bases loaded, there were three straight innings where they left the bases loaded. And then they went to Sam Dutton and Christian Little. Once you saw them on the mound, Jay Johnson was waving the white flag. He was just pretty much saving it for game exactly. number three. And boy, did they save their best. I mean, after LSU women's basketball put up 102, LSU put up 18. I feel like, like they said, like, it doesn't matter who's on the field. We're going to beat you anyways. That's just how good yep. LSU played. Thatcher Hurd in the first inning gives up a two-run bomb to Wyatt Laneford, and you're like, okay, here we go again. We're going to need the offense to keep going. And then after that, they bounce back. Jordan Thompson, after all the crap that he got on Saturday, you know, especially with the, the two errors that he had, he had that RBI single to get it going. 
Tigers put up six runs, and then after that, the floodgates just opened up. You saw Dylan Cruz. Everybody got a base hit. Even Jerry Jones, he caught. I a think base everybody hit. had a. Everybody had a. Every starter yeah. had an RBI or multiple RBIs yeah. at that rate. They all scored a run and had an RBI. Yeah, we saw Gorilla Ball in the full swing. We saw Josh Pearson yep. get him one. We saw Brain Joe Baird send one to the moon. Since 2009, it's been 14 long years of waiting. They avenged the 2017 of what they couldn't do. And LSU Fine Tigers, seventh national championship. They had their celebration already. They unveiled the new Intimidator. It's not really new. It's just temporary. And then we'll see the new one uh, whenever the season rolls on. Uh, But I would have to say this just reminded me so much of the 2019 football season, of how much talent was on this, how how really dominant they were, especially with the wire wire, being preseason number one to finishing number one in the polls too. Well, if you think about it, the comparison, the leaders of the team, whether it be Paul Skeens or Dylan Cruz, however you want to look at it, is going to be drafted number one next week. And uh, in 2019, Joe Burrow was also drafted number one. Yep. So it's uh, Dylan Cruz pretty much won the Heisman of baseball. Right. The Gold Spikes Award. And then you had Jay Johnson, our coach of the year, which I believe in 2019, old Coach O got coach of the year in football. Um, and of course, the offense was just dominant throughout the whole year, like both football and baseball. And you mentioned Kim Mulkey and uh, and women's basketball. They scored one or two in the championship. I mean, 18 is equivalent to scoring 102 points in a basketball yeah. game, if I'm being honest. Um, one thing that really uh, I'd love to see was when Jordan Thompson came up to bat and that that second inning um, and the, the crowd started chanting his name. You knew who the Tiger faithful were. They weren't Maybe giving up on him. Yeah, and he comes up there and delivers his first RBI. Um, and you mentioned Ty Floyd. He was kind of an afterthought. If you think about it, if mm-hmm. we didn't have Paul Skeens, Ty Floyd's your ace. He's well, your, yeah. your top top dog on the team. And b- because of the greatness that Paul Skeens was, nobody really thought about Floyd. He only lost one game all year, and that yeah. was in the College World Series against Wake Forest mm-hmm. in a two-to-one ball game. That was his first loss of the entire season. Yeah. He comes I out think and gives that- 17 Ks, the man just made himself yeah. some money for sure. Yeah, you brought you really brought up a good point. You know, everybody wants to talk about you know Paul Skeens and his greatness, but I think that we look too much into that. You know, Ty Floyd had a really good season. Right. The bullpen honestly didn't have that bad of a season. I feel like they just had two bad weekends, and then after that, they really turned it on. Like, even at the start of the season, you had guys like Chase Shores and, and Garrett Edwards. I think that injuries really just wanted this team in the middle of the season but once they got the right pieces where they are you know especially with guys like Riley Cooper stepping up Ackenhausen Gidry the list can go on and on and on so many guys and so many young guys stepped up too uh, guys that will be here on next year's team and they can definitely use that experience use that fuel to the fire uh, to you know try and do this again I don't know if they are it's definitely gonna be tough you're pretty much losing you know what the 2019 football team did you're gonna lose right. like so many it's gonna first be hard. Round. It's going to be so many first-round draft picks, um, but uh, Jay Johnson's definitely going to have to go after the transfer portal. He's already gotten some, and, and we already learned about his pitching coach. So you so got a really, really, really good uh, pitching coach, uh, too. Uh, so, yeah, I can't really can't really have any negatives about this team. This, you know, was the team that we'll remember forever. Yeah, well, of course, we'll break down the hire more on Bayou Bengal Bites over on our YouTube channel. So make sure you subscribe to the Sports Scramble YouTube uh, for all your LSU news and your general sports news. Um, I can't – his name eludes me right now. Um, Yeski. What was it? Nate Yeski. Nate Yeski. He, yep. he was on the staff at Arizona. Uh, recently, Texas A&M's pitching coach. Texas A&M had a very good staff this year. Um, you alluded to the pitching in Omaha. Before the national championship series, the pitching staff had a, had pitched 46 innings in Omaha. Did not allow a run in 42 of those innings. Uh, that's pretty good. That's so, pretty good. I mean, their only bad one was in game two of the national championship series, and that was like matter. pretty much throwing the B the B team. Yeah, you flushed a C team, really. You flushed it <laughs> one game three. I mean, we won't spend too much time. On, yeah, on it happened LSU. a week ago, but exactly. we weren't new. So. Right. So, we'll be able to relive it uh, on Friday. LSU uh, will be taking over the SEC network, and those games will be on both you know, the national championship game three, and then we also had the, the women's against Iowa. So it's going to be a pretty fun uh, Friday after uh, we drink a lot of alcohol on uh, – Tomorrow for 4th of July, we can continue our celebration on whenever the Tigers take over SEC Network. 
There you go. I like to hear it. Uh, question for you, and I think a lot of LSU fans are thinking this. Jay Johnson wins the national championship in year two. Kim Mulkey wins the national championship in year two. Guess who else is in year two? Mr. Brian Kelly. Are we going LSU national championship of football? Making the early predictions? Boy, that would be something. And like a pretty much a, like a span of a couple of months that you get all three big, you know, you get the women's basketball and then you get baseball and then you get football. I definitely think that the schedule sets up uh, for this LSU football team to have success. You know, in year one, they were able to win the SEC West, get a taste of the SEC championship. They beat Alabama. Ended up losing uh, to Florida State, uh, but they ended up uh, beating Purdue pretty handily to finish off the season. But I keep saying this, that game number one against Florida State is pretty much a de facto playoff game. I think whoever loses that, especially LSU, I don't, I, they cannot afford uh, to lose that game because I think that they can still, if they win that game, they could definitely, you know, say like lose to Alabama. I think that they could definitely have the resume to beat an 11-1 playoff team. Uh, so that game number one against Florida State, I do think that the SEC West is as wide open is as ever. We'll get to this whenever we get to the SEC previews. You know, Alabama's is going to be without Bryce Young, so who's going to be their quarterback? And then Georgia, like I saw another article saying that oh, everyone's down Georgia. No one's down. Ain't nobody down Georgia. Calm I mean, down. You're going to go twelve and zero. You they have the easiest schedule ever. It's nothing against them. You know, scheduling happens a couple of years, but it's pretty much a cupcake right. schedule. They're going to go twelve and zero. Uh, but if I have to say it now, I'd probably say no about Brian Kelly not winning the <laughs> national championship. I just feel like they're just too – I don't know. I feel like LSU, if they win that first game, they can definitely get there, uh, but it's still early. So I'll save that for my you know SEC looking at our college football previews. Go. I don't want to get too much into that. But there's definitely would, a really good possibility that that happens. And that would be I think insane. it'd be a win if they make it to the playoff. I think that's yeah. – you, you look at your season, that's a success. And year two with a new coach, definitely. Uh, you know our heavy LSU bias. But you mentioned the SEC previews. We're going to start like we did last year. Uh, we're going to start it next week once we have Wade back on the show. He's down in New Orleans taking down in the uh, 4th of July festivities. Uh, we're going to start – we're going to preview every conference for college football and the NFL, so make sure you, yep. you stay tuned in for that. Um, but, yeah, my prediction, LSU win a national championship every year. Uh, Jane Daniels Heisman winner. So, there you go. Book it now. Place your bet. Um, with that, let's get to our favorite segment of the week. Who got that dog in them? Tyler, I'll let you go first because mine's an easy one and it's going to allude into our MLB talk. So who's got that dog in them? Yes, you know, who got that dog in them is getting pretty thin, especially with the College World Series ending. The only yep, active yep. sports are, are golf, NASCAR, and MLB, and also yeah. WNBA. But uh, right, exactly, I'm going to go with my boy. He finally broke his curse, Ricky Fowler. His Ricky first Fowler. Win since 2019. It was an insane weekend of golf. There was, you know, everyone was pretty much, you know, shooting 20 under in Detroit, yep. Michigan. The fans were getting rowdy. The fans were getting wild. We saw Max Homa get a hole in one. He played right. pretty well in Detroit. Uh, but there was a four-man playoff, and Ricky Fowler sealed the deal with a 15-foot birdie putt. And with this win, he will now be in the Masters tournament next year. So Finally, Ricky's back. Seeing more. Seeing more orange uh, on Sundays, hopefully. But Ricky's had a phenomenal year. So Ricky Fowler, my favorite golfer in the world. I've been following him uh, since his Oklahoma State days. So Ricky Fowler. Tyler actually has an orange Puma hat that he wears around the house just for fun. Um, so, no, it was great to see Ricky get it back. I mean, he was contending at the major last week. Yeah. Um, he's been this, – this season, he's got his new swing. He's been rocking and rolling. Um First one since 2019. Another name at the top there was Colin Morikawa, who hasn't won since 2021 um, at the Open Championship over uh, across the pond. And that's coming up here in a few weeks. So Colin's starting to get hot. Maybe we'll see him repeat over at the Open Championship. Um, good pick for who got that dog in him. I didn't place a golf bet, but I really thought about putting some money on Ricky Fowler. I wish I would have. Uh, my pick, and it kind of – uh, get into our baseball talk is Mr. Domingo Germain or German. I don't know how you say his last name. Pitcher uh, for the New York Yankees throws, I believe it's the 12th uh, perfect game since uh, in the 2000s era, a 24th perfect game, I believe in MLB history. I might have those stats mixed up. Uh, 99 pitches 
is all it took uh, for him to get 27 straight outs. Near impossible. It's only happened 24 times in the history of baseball. So, Domingo, you are my dog of the week. Of course, we'll get Wade and Fletches and throw it up on Twitter. But if you're watching in the chat, let us know who your dog of the week. Uh, like Tyler said, it's slim pickings right now. So, yeah. we'll uh, we'll take anybody. So, get into baseball. You got some uh, all-star voting wrapping up. Uh, they were announced. The game is next Tuesday night. What is that? The 10th or the 11th? Uh, up in Seattle. Like that. <laughs> so, to wrap up the American League starting lineup, uh, catcher, you have Jonah Heim for the Texas Rangers. First base, Yandy Diaz, Tampa Bay Rays. Uh, second base, Marcus Simeon for the Texas Rangers. Third base, Josh Lung for the Texas Rangers. Right. Shortstop, can you guess it? For who? The Texas Rangers. The Texas Rangers. Um, I mean, golly. The, and then, of course, outfield of Mike Trout, Los Angeles Angels. Outfield Aaron Judge, New York Yankees, which he's hurt. So I have, I don't haven't seen who's going to be filling in. I'll have to get there. a replacement. Right. He's got a torn ligament in his toe. That can't feel good. And uh, Randy Arozarena. I don't even know if I said that name right for the Tampa Bay Rays. And your DH is Shohei Otani, who's also, I believe, going to be pitching. And he plays nonetheless than the Los Angeles Angels. So the Rangers are rounding out four of the start, four of the nine starters. Uh, then you go to the National League. We've got uh, catcher Sean Murphy for the Atlanta Braves, Tyler's guy. Freddie Freeman used to be Tyler's guy from the Los Angeles Dodgers playing first base. Second base, Luis Arias, Miami Marlins. Um, Nolan Arenado, St. Louis Cardinals playing third. Orlando Arcia, former Biloxi, Biloxi Shucker, and now Atlanta Brave playing shortstop. Ronald Acuna Jr., Atlanta Brave playing outfield. Uh, Corbin Corral, Arizona Diamondbacks, and Mookie Betts rounding out the outfield for the Los Angeles Dodgers. J.D. Martinez, Los Angeles Dodgers, is designated hitter. So uh, it's a lot of Braves and a lot of uh, Texas yep. Rangers in the starting lineup. That's got to make you feel good. Yeah, it definitely doesn't surprise me. The Rangers uh, have really been off to a good start until they are, you know, have hit a bit of a rough patch. Uh, you know, they just lost, I believe, three out of four uh, to the Astros. They, they lost today they uh, when they were it. down six to nothing. They were then they tied it and it was ten to ten, and then all of a sudden the Astros <laughs> won. Uh, so maybe that's the the you know the turning the wheels there for the Astros. You know, Jordan Alvarez uh, is hurt for them, uh, so that's a ball club that's been dealing with injuries to start. I think that they're definitely going to turn it around. But yeah, the Texas Rangers doesn't surprise me. That's a a star-studded lineup. Uh, you know, we're dismissing Josh Smith, of course. He'll be up there eventually. He'll be up there. He'll be up there. Uh, but, yeah, I'm not surprised, uh, especially the Braves. Uh, the Braves have just been cooking uh, in the month of June. They were one of the best teams, if not the best team in all of baseball, and then they're continuing that in the month of I would I personally gave my vote with Matt Olson over Freddie Freeman, uh, not because I'm biased or anything. Uh, but I, I don't know. It sounds like there's some bias there. Uh, you know, it's, it, Matt Olson is is really just, like, hitting every baseball, and it's just nuclear. Uh, you know, Freddie Freeman's also having a good – season as well so maybe just didn't want like too many of like they probably looked at the AL like uh there's already enough rangers people maybe <laughs> we should tone it down there for the braves uh, but uh, atlanta already you know they still have uh, some of those guys that i just mentioned they have eight players in total going there and we saw the d-backs players too we saw a marlins player like we probably the start of the season we wouldn't even tell you the last that. time we saw a marlins player on an all-star yeah. lineup probably cindy alcantara last year whenever uh, he was a cy young candidate uh but arizona diamondbacks is another surprise team i would have not saw that team being first in the nl right. west in the san diego padres with all the talent they brought in third and not even 500 so it's definitely been a crazy season uh, but I'm definitely excited to see some parody on, you know, the Cincinnati Reds with Ellie De La Cruz. I would like to see him on the All-Star. I think it just came up too soon. Yeah, yeah he or, just or really came up. Uh, but next year, Ellie De La Cruz is definitely going to be in this game. Yeah, I mean, for someone, I've been, of course, I've been following college baseball a lot more recently. I'm about to start get, getting into MLB. But De La Cruz, my goodness. I mean, he comes out of nowhere, and it's just, he's tattooing every baseball. I mean, you look at – he hits one 450 feet, and Shohei Otani's hitting one like 490 feet. I mean, they're just like – it's an arms race out there. I mean, Shohei just hit his 31st home run of the season. 
leads the uh, Major League Baseball. Do you think he breaks Aaron Judge's record? He's definitely on pace to at this time. Aaron Judge uh, was at 30 home runs. Uh, so Shohei Tani uh, has uh, one more. Uh, he had 30 home runs going into the All-Star break. Uh, so there's still a couple of games left uh, to play for Shohei. I'm going to say I think that he definitely breaks the record. I think he's going to break it by not, you know, like 10 or 20. It's going to be just a sneak of their hair. And then we're going to all the college football fans are going to be pissed off at their TV screens again when they cut in on, oh, is Shohei Otani going to break the record? Like, golly, just please don't ever do that to us again. We were trying to watch a college football game on noon. But, yeah, Shohei yeah. Otani, I definitely think that he's going to go after it. And ultimately, I think that he's going to break it. And it's crazy. Like, that was – like a multi-year record, rec, you know, record that hasn't even been touched, and Shohei might not even take a full year to beat it. So that's just insane. What was what was the final number from Judge last year? I think it was like 60, 66, 67, something around there. I want to say it was sixty-seven. He like um, barely like broke it, but he broke. Yeah, it. yeah. I mean, all you gotta do is break it. So yeah, it's all uh, that matters. It it is insane what Shohei's doing, and then you got uh, Ronald Acuna. Um, lighten it up for the Braves. I mean, he's on pace for 80 steals, 40 homers. They could get yeah, some. I mean, yeah, I think that, you know, the past couple of years, he's been going for the 40 steals and 40 home runs. Uh, but uh, two years ago, uh, he tore his ACL and ended his last year. He just wasn't 100%. You're now right. seeing 100% Ronald Acuna. I mean, if there was like a full MVP race, I know that they do AL, it's probably going to be Shohei. NL for sure is going to be Ron Acuna. I think that even his teammate Matt Olson is going to give him a run for their money. But right now, uh, Ronald Acuna is at 39 steals. They're playing right now, so who knows if he might have 40 or 41. He and 40 home does. runs. He has 21. So I think you oh, know 19 home runs. Yeah, break he's going to break that with ease. 80 steals though. That's definitely crazy to think. You know, he's at almost at 40 with at the halfway point. I definitely think I can see you might as well go big. I think that Shohei Otani is going to break Aaron Judge's record. I think that Ronald Cunha is going to have a season that we're all going to remember. Is he going to get to 80 steals? I probably wouldn't say so. I would give him 70. But I do think that he gets like 45 uh, homers uh, by the end of the season. I think that ultimately uh, he'll earn uh, NL MVP honors, which he's been close, but I definitely think the way that he's been playing at the top, you know, the way that the Braves team uh, has been playing lately, you just got to give it to Acuna. So um, Acuna won't come anywhere close to the MLB season record for steals. Hugh Nicole in 1887 Man. stole 138 bases. Uh, Was the so catcher I even throwing a second base at that point? I, I don't know. Maybe there there was it was illegal to have a pickoff move. I mean, because 138 is insane a, when we're talking about yeah, Acuna. That, that's not ever going to be touched. Yeah, back all the way back in 1887. Uh, so that's, uh, that's a little wild. I mean, I'm, I might've done it in high school. You know, I had some speed, uh, but I didn't, wasn't 138, but that's you know, of course insane. we mentioned all-star, uh, week is next week. My favorite event during all-star week is the home run derby on Monday. Uh, this year, there's still a few more participants to be announced, but we have Adley Rushman, Pete Alonzo, Randy, Arizona, Rosa Arena. <laughs> Mookie Betts, uh, Vladdy Daddy, Vladimir Guerrero Jr., and Julio Rodriguez. Tyler, early picks to take it. I feel like, you know, it's in Seattle. He knows the spark so well. I know that Pete Alonso has been in this, like, the two times. Right. Go for his in. third. Go for I feel like third. the underdogs in this one is obviously Randy Rosarena. Uh, you know, he he doesn't have that light tower power of the guys that Ali Rutschman and, you know, Alonzo have who can just, you know, blink and he goes 500 feet in the air. Right. Uh, but – I think, you know, at the seeding, Ali Rutschman's probably going to be like the four or the five. Alonzo will probably be the one seed since he's a he's a two-time champ. Uh, so I'm just going to give it to a Julio Rodriguez. I think that he's going to feed off the crowd and, and, and the energy. And then he he's just a, a star. Like, he's right. getting lost into all the talk about Acuna this season and L.A. De La Cruz. But people forget he was an absolute beast uh, last season with the Mariners and while the Mariners uh, aren't really a good team, you know, they're getting passed up by the Rangers uh, in their division, the Angels too. I think that Julio Rodriguez, like, you know, he's you know just as good as a ball player as, you know, we've talked about. I wanted – I was going to pick Julio Rodriguez and I wanted <laughs> to pick somebody else just to be different. But I think with it being in Seattle, it means a ton. Wasn't he like the eighth seed last year? Yeah. Came out of nowhere. 
Yeah. So I think he's going to have that same magic, especially in his home stadium. Uh, but yeah. I just want to see Taylor Cruz in this. Like, I don't care. If I know, working, really. Put him in. <laughs> well, hopefully he keeps that light tower power going for next year. I, I'd like to see Shohei compete in it. Um, I'm right, we saw him a that couple years ago. He didn't yeah. really do too good, though. He, I think he got bounced in the first round by Juan Soto. So maybe he's like, yeah, I don't know if I want to do that again. Maybe the and, you, know, you got to think big. about it. It's already a long season. And, like, the home run derby, it's like you're pretty much just trying to go for the fences. Right. At, you know, the home run derby, we've seen a lot of guys go back in the slumps because their timing is off. They're trying to hit home runs every time they go up to the plate, not, you know, trying to get one to the gap. So I feel like that's also another, like, Might be a reason why decision. a lot of guys are passing up on it. And, and, you know, it's a long season. It's a rest, all-star break for a reason. They actually want a break, you know, not – Right. It's been like, you know, four rounds. It's like four-minute rounds, too. So it's pretty much, you know, 30-plus swings every round that you're swinging. So it could definitely, you know, affect the body. So, I, you know, kudos to those who do it. Uh, but, I'm you know, I definitely get those who don't, you know, especially the big names we haven't seen yet do this event. No, I mean, it's, it's a good argument to be made. I missed the uh, when they only had 10 outs. So you, you didn't was, hit 10 home run. You hit 10 pop flies, boom, you're done. You might not even hit a home run. Josh Hamilton had the most insane rounds, and I still remember it. Yep, uh, I'm with you. The uh, four minutes is a long time to be swinging a bat. So you got to think they get a time full, out, but... That's right. They do get one, uh, but it's just full full speed. I did it with my player in MLB The Show, and I hit two home runs. <laughs> So it's uh it's tough even in a video game. But let us know your picks. Of course, we'll be watching next week. Uh, well, it's on Monday, so depending on the time, we may be watching it live. Live on the, coverage on the live is on Exactly. We'll do some live check-ins to see who's winning. Um, but I mean, baseball's in full swing. It's really one, of, like you said, one of the only sports that's in full swing. So of course, we'll have some more baseball content coming for you. But it's July. It's almost August, and you know what that means. Fantasy football. People are starting to get that itch. I'm starting to, you know, start getting my withdrawals, starting to shake. Um, we're going to start up our fantasy football expert, Tyler, with his fantasy football corner. I got an email yesterday as I was sitting in the pool from Tyler. It was very professionally written. Good afternoon. Here are the top, oh, what is it, top uh, 20, 50 players at each position that you sent me? Yeah, pretty much. Um, so we're going to start with the top running backs this year. I'm going to read out the top five, and uh, I, I've got some questions on them, but uh, we'll let you break it down. So first off, let's start. Uh, you've got them in tiers, tier one, two, three, and four. What what were your rankings going into for, for the tiers? How did yeah, you so I think. That? Yeah, I think you see like a lot of the major fantasy sites uh, do this tier rankings, and I definitely think it helps. You know, there you need to you know fantasy football players need to really realize the drop off. You know, like I mentioned last year with RB dead zone. You know, the RB RB people are bashing me about the RB RB. You know, every right. year it's really hard to predict. You know, what's the best really strategy? You know, it's going to change year and year out. Last year, you know, all the talk was about running back and running backs. And, you know, Jonathan Taylor was was arguably the number one overall pick. Didn't have the season that he wanted. He had that bump ankle. It was, a, you know, a lot of injuries. Really did that. Uh, so this year, too, also is just really, really wide open. I think this is, like, the most wide open I have seen fantasy. You know, with the running backs, I think that it's not really top-heavy as you really think it is. I think that – there's definitely a lot of running backs, you know, in the top 20 that you could definitely start as RB1 and RB2. And then with the wide receivers, we'll get into, uh, you know, in the coming weeks is I think that the wide receivers also has a big drop off. So I think that there's some more drop off of the receivers this year uh, than okay. the running backs this year. So you're thinking you got to go wide receiver heavy first at the beginning yeah. of the drafts is what. OK, sure. so, let, so let's go through these. I've got them on the screen. I here. like it. We're, uh, you know, Bob and Weaving, I'm my own producer, so I had to. Uh, adjust here. Well, we got number one, which uh, I was surprised to see him, but he makes sense. You know, in the offseason, he did request a trade or there was rumors of a trade being requested. And I was like, why? I mean, he's got a pretty good gig over there in LA. You got Austin Eckler, Los Angeles Chargers, openly says mm -hmm. that he plays to help out your fantasy team. So why is he number one for you, Tyler? Yeah, you know, we haven't seen Austin Eckler. Whenever you see Austin Eckler, he's 
you know, behind Christian McCaffrey last year. He was behind Jonathan Taylor, Derek Henry. So we haven't really seen him at the top, at the top spot, but I know that he, you know, the age is always a factor with the running back, you know, running backs, once they get to age 30 season, that's whenever, you know, they start hitting their drop-offs. And that's why a lot of, you know, fantasy guys like last year, I was talking about Travis Etienne. He had a really good season. Kenneth Walker, he had right. a good season. Brees Hall was having a breakout season, even then he tore his ACL. Uh, so we really didn't get to really get the full picture of, of Brees Hall. But Austin Eckler, there's just really no competition outside of him. You just got to look at the offense of the Chargers. You know, Justin Herbert, I talked about highly about him last year. He didn't really produce what I thought he was going to be. I thought that he was ultimately going to be the quarterback one. I had a lot of faith in the Chargers, but ultimately the Chargers – Fit a lot of expectations, but if you look at this offense, you know, you got guys at the wide receiver, you got your big three, the you got Quentin Johnson. Well, look, look at these receiving yards here. I mean, he's got 596 yeah. compared that, to all that's really one of the main points I have him. He is just a receiving yardage and he's really consistent. If the Chargers are inside the five, he's gonna get the ball. No one else is gonna get him. They really don't have a guy after them. You know, whenever they're at the one. I feel like Austin Eckler is always scoring the touchdown. I feel like every year that I'm facing this guy, you know, That's every week that I have to face him, problem. he's getting a touchdown. I feel like he's just very consistent. So I feel like this Chargers offense is going to evolve into a real, I think that Justin Herbert, he's going to have a bounce back year. You know, I just feel confident about this Chargers offense. It was an off year for them last year. I just don't see that happening. They're just too much talent. I think that Austin Eckler, no competition. You know, I know that he's getting, you know, almost closer to his age 30 season, but I think that he still has got a lot of tanks. So, I mean, you know, I know that a lot of people have CMC as number one, but I want to be different. So Austin Eckler, he's very consistent. Uh, so that's my number one uh, running back going into this season. And are these receiving yards last year or this is the projection? This is this the projected. This okay. is all projections as you see on your screen there. So as we can read it off, uh, 9.6 rushing touchdowns. Uh, 861 rushing yards, over 500 receiving yards. You hardly ever. If you're in Second a PPR league, Christian McCaffrey. Yeah, if you're in a PPR league, and especially in a half PPR, even if you know you have the PPR, you want guys that not only can get you rushing touchdowns but receiving touchdowns because those guys can be league winners. And Eckler could definitely be one of those guys this year. Oh, I like it. I mean, I have the number two pick in our. Yep. In our league this year because I sucked it up last year. So well, we all uh, did. If, <laughs> Except if for Jacob, Eckler, we all the yes. sports scramble did not have a really good fantasy. That is year. true. That is true. We start this fantasy football, think we're professionals, and we just sucked. Yeah, so uh it was an awesome listen year. to us if you want to. Uh we feel we we've learned from our mistakes. So let's put it that way. So uh number two is who shocked me. Bijan Robinson. Um yeah. Nobody, we haven't seen anything from him. Of course, he's great at Texas, but he fits in this offense. Is that's what that's what's giving you the confidence to put him as the number two running back this year? Yeah, I think that this is going to shock a lot of people uh, when we put this video out. That I have Bijan over Christian McCaffrey, and I have Eckler over both of these guys. Uh, but I am very, very high on Bijan Robinson. Like you said, he's a rookie. But it's not like we haven't seen really good rookie seasons. You know, Saquon Barkley had a really good season. Even, you know, CMC had a really good rookie season. Even with the injuries, he was a top five running back. So I think that looking at the Atlanta Falcons offense, you know, with Desmond Ritter, there's definitely is some quarterback concern. You know, Desmond Ritter is no like Patrick Mahomes or anything. You know, he's right, just right. going to be a game manager. So looking at the receiving core for the Falcons, it's pretty much Drake London, Kyle Pitts, and that's about it. So there's you know, can not can you really, really even count Kyle Pitts? Yeah, I mean. you can you can attest to that from last year. Uh, but if you're really looking well, at the, the past receiving, two years, I've drafted that yeah, pool. If you really look at the receiving core, it's just not a receiving core that's gonna get a lot of touchdowns. You know, we'll get to Drake London when we get uh, to some of my breakout candidates. But if you look at the past two running backs, we've seen Cordell Patterson the past couple of years. We haven't oh, even, you know, hey, you know, before even he was on the Atlanta Falcons, did we ever talk about him in fantasy? No, I think it's the Atlanta Falcons. Was yeah, I think it's the Atlanta Falcons system. They love to run the ball. Their head coach, you know, insists that we are going to run the football, and the offensive line, as much as we'll the bats about them, they really can get between the tackles. And I, whenever they get inside the red zone, inside the goal line, 
they're going to keep running the football and keep running the football until they get into the, you know, get into the touchdown zone. Uh, so looking at, you know, the running backs, Cordero Patterson has pretty much worked his way out. You know, he's now in his age 30 season. I think that he's slowly going on, you know, the, the edge of his career. Right. Tyler right. Algier, you know, he had a really fantastic season uh, last year. You know, he really got overshadowed by Cordero Patterson. Patterson really got most of the carries at the start of the season. Then we started to see Algier. So I do think that there could be possibility of concern of Tyler Algier, you know, stealing some catches. But the Atlanta Falcons took B. John Robinson at seven for a reason. They're going to put him as their bell cow running back. And not only I think that he can be a top five running back, but I wouldn't even put a pass that he could finish as the RB1 with how much, you know, Both even at the rushing yards, you see that. 1,156 projected yards. That is just insane for a rookie. Yeah, so definitely. I know it's bold, but I love to be bold uh, when looking at fantasy. So Bijan comes in at number two. Fantasy football expert here, Tyler. It's like in Bijan Robinson, number two. Number three, uh, doesn't come as much surprise that he's yeah. in this top five. Um, Christian McCaffrey, of course, he's on the 49ers now. You saw what happened when he was traded there mm -hmm. in the middle of last season. I mean, it, he's just going to do his thing. He's going to get yeah. you a ton of rushing yards. He's going to be a factor in the passing game. Um, why is he your, your third guy? Yeah, he's really my third guy. You know, when look, when really ranking out this, I look at upside. So that's why I had Bijan over Christian McCaffrey. I just think that Bijan right. is going to get more, you know, carries. I think that the 49ers offense, you know, with Brock Purdy, with his injury, what is he even going to play this season? And then Trey Lance, he's also dealing True. with injury. So, you don't even know what quarterback is. Uh, Christian McCaffrey might play quarterback. Yeah, after Christian time, McCaffrey you know? might have to play quarterback. Uh, but like you mentioned, you're definitely you definitely know now that what you're going to get at McCaffrey. As much as we like to bash about him on his injuries, he's been one of the most consistent, you know, fantasy running backs. Even if he's hurt, he's been one of the most productive fantasy running backs. So I think that he's very consistent. If you're like a pick number two, pick number three, definitely take him. I know that a lot of people are going to take him because he's a safe pick. Uh, so I think that Christian McCaffrey, he he does it all. He's pretty much like a clone of what you see with Austin Eckler. He's, you know, he can, you know, he has definitely more bursts than Eckler, right, right. you know, whenever he gets uh, between the tackles. Uh, so, you know, bad pick. I know that he's number three, but since, you know, just because he's number three doesn't mean that he's going to be one of the top fantasy running backs. So Christian McCaffrey, definitely a safe pick, especially if you're at the top of the draft. Right, I won't be making fun of anybody if they take him number one this year. No. Last year, everybody was shocked, uh, but he's held up so far. Yeah. We saw what he can do when he's when he's healthy. Uh, of course, you pray everybody's healthy this year. But and now, that's like, how it works out. Now he's on a better offense. Like in Carolina, True. he was very limited. Coach. He's he's still, yeah, better coaching. You know, Kyle Shanahan, one of the best offensive gurus uh, in the league, and I think that you know, yeah, Christian McCaffrey, he's just really safe. You don't know who the quarterback's going to be, but for him, it doesn't matter because he might be nope. playing it. So let's get to your fourth guy, um, Saquon Barkley. He's, I think he's still holding out for that contract. Is he playing week one, Tyler? Uh, we're definitely going to hope so uh, since I have him in my top five. Right. Uh, but, you know, Saquon Barkley, like Christian McCaffrey, uh, his NFL career has been riddled with injuries. But last year, he really popped off. Whenever he's healthy, he can be, you know, one of the elite fantasy running backs at the top. I don't think that he's going to go as early as the three guys that I mentioned above. Barkley has been, you know, in the mock drafts that I have been in. He's either been at, you know, the end of round one or at the turn. I think if Saquon Barkley is at, you know, the turn of round two, I would you definitely, you know, pick him over guys like Jonathan Taylor and, and Derek Henry. I just think that he has the upside, especially in the receiving game. You know, we talk about Christian McCaffrey – Saquon Barkley can also be that in a receiving game. You know, the Giants wide receivers have been up and down. You know, they have some young talent, but they just haven't been able to produce that. Daniel Jones' top target has been Saquon Barkley, especially uh, last season. So I think that Saquon Barkley is now fully healthy. You know, the contract talks, I think he's ultimately going to get a contract done. I think that he's happy uh, to be a New York Giant. I think that the Giants and that division, you know, with the, the Eagles uh, and the Cowboys got for a shadow, but don't forget, this team made the playoffs last year yep. and beat Minnesota Vikings, who have a lot of offensive talent. Shocked everybody. So, shocked, yeah, shocked, shocked everybody. Me. So, I, yeah, Saquon Barkley, especially, I wouldn't sit, call him a first round running back, but at the start of the second round, if he's there, I, I would definitely take him. 
I like it. And round out number five, we're just going to do the top five. Of course, we have this whole cheat sheet. Yeah. Um, if you want access to the cheat sheet, all you got to do is subscribe to the YouTube channel and comment that you want it. And uh, get in touch with us, DM us on Twitter. Send us your email. I mean, you can put your email in the comments if you want to do that. You might have some weirdos emailing you at 11 o'clock at night. Won't be me. Uh, but we'll send it to you. You know, we want to help our listeners unless you're in our league. We want to help you win. So, Matt Jones, I know you're watching Matty Ice. You don't get access to the cheat sheet. That's for sure. Um, so, but rounding out number five, uh, someone who was kind of a shocker last year, uh, Tony P. The big T, Tony Pollard, you know, he doesn't have his Ezekiel Elliott. He was he was released from the Cowboys, wasn't mm-hmm. he? He's still yep. floating around trying to find a team. So it's Tony's town. Um, why is he your number five guy? Yeah, just the same reason that you said no Ezekiel Elliott. And in the NFL draft, they didn't draft a single running back. So I yep. think that Mike McCarthy is definitely all in. He's putting all the chips in on Tony Pollard. And I have been saying this for years. Tony Pollard, to me, has just been overall better running back than Ezekiel Elliott. Ezekiel Elliott flourished uh, whenever he gets to the red zone. But if you own Tony Pollard, you're just like, man, he this guy just has elite talent. When he gets he get, he got to you open space, he gone. Yeah, no oh, one's catching dude's him. Got burners. And he's then got the receiving game, too. I feel like all my top five options – can be an elite threat in the receiving game, probably outside of Bijan. You know, we, you know, he's more of a between the tackler runners. He kind of reminds me of a Derrick Henry type of build. Right. But if you're looking at Tony Pollard, I think that if you're looking at like the maximum points, this guy can give you insane touchdown runs. You know, fifty plus yards. I'm saying he has an elite level speed. He gets you like those bonuses. Said, that's for sure. Yeah, can definitely give you a lot of bonuses. So I just feel like Tony Pollard this season's going to be unleashed. Now, I know people are like, why do you have him over Derrick Henry? Well, Derrick Henry and the team, have you seen the Titans' offense? They're not very good. Uh, I mean, so they, I, they, they do rely on Henry a lot, yeah, but I think they do. the workload has started to wear down on him. He's not yeah. who he was. Yeah, so. and Tony Pollard is, is very young. So I think that he's definitely in his prime compared to Derrick Henry. So I boosted over him. I'm not saying that Derrick Henry is a bad running back at all. He's you no, know, he ain't no king. scrub. Don't say he's that, still king he's Henry for, for a reason, but uh, arm you through the screen. If he's yeah, but it, so. if I'm looking at top five, one upside, Tony Pollard just screams upside to me. So, so like you mentioned, no Zeke feed right. me Tony. Did, uh, did Tony just sign a contract? Am I remembering that right? Yeah, he might have signed a contract extension. If he doesn't, he's going to have an insane season and the Cowboys exactly. are going to be like, Write the check and put how many numbers you want on it. As many rushing yards as you get, we'll just add some zeros to it. So, uh, well, that's our top five for the 2023 fantasy football season. Of course, uh, you get it all from us. We'll we'll be your show. We'll we'll be your guys for the entire season. Um, Next week, I think we're going to do top five wide receivers that Tyler has put together. You know, maybe we'll mix in some pictures, some graphics, some some slideshows. Yeah. Uh, get it get it rolling. Um, of course, and then after that, we'll have quarterbacks tied in. Uh, I think we'll combine defenses and kickers because that's, yeah. uh, that's going to be a lot of kickers to talk about. We'll do the units. We'll call and, that. Yes, exactly. So uh, fantasy football season, it's a wonderful time. I'm looking forward to it, uh, as always. And I'm looking forward to be, trying to beat y'all again this year. Um, other football news. Uh, Foster Moreau announced tonight that he's in full remission from Hopkins lymphoma. So congratulations, Foster. Uh, we're as LSU fans, of course, Saints fans. He signs with the Saints in the in the off season. We are very happy to hear that. Um, and it was just you know it was it was tough news. It's hard news for anybody to get that sort of diagnosis. But uh, three, four, four months later, five months is not too long. He's in full remission, so that's great. He's beat it. Now he's going to get back on the field and start beating teams. So congratulations, Foster. Um, to wrap up the show, we got a little bit of basketball talk. Uh, of course, we're in the offseason. Uh, last week or two weeks ago, they announced Jaws' suspension. We've had the Zion Williamson drama with his uh, his stripper baby mama and then his former adult actress uh, with her you know, just look on Twitter, and I think that will yeah. make the story. She got Zion tattooed down her chin. You can use uh, one so. of your 600 uh, Twitter uh, tweets uh, per day. Yes. Um, I haven't reached my limit yet, so that's probably – I haven't either. Thing. But, yeah, Elon Musk cracking down 
on on the tweets per day. So Zion, I don't think the Bells trade him, but uh, Damian Lillard has officially requested a trade, and guess who's shopping around? The Pelicans. There apparently mm-hmm. have been some calls that have been made. Do we see a CJ McCollum and Damian Lillard reunion, Tyler, down in NOLA? Uh, we definitely could. I, I think that the Pelicans, if they want to win now, this would definitely complete the puzzle. Uh, but it would oh, either sure. have to take either Brendan Ingram or Zion. And if I have to choose, I honestly would ship off Zion. I know it's crazy. I agree as it with sounds. you. But have you seen Brandon Ingram? And he's one of the best. He just reminds me so much of Kevin Durant, you know, with his his mentality, you know, his, right. his shooting ability uh, in the paint especially. Uh, so as I just think that the Pelicans have just almost reached a point that they're just sick of, of, of dealing with Zion. You know, it's feel like year well, after year, longer- you know, like in the preseason, like, oh, this is finally going to be the year. You know, the Pelicans going into this season, you know, at the start of the season, they were first in the Western Conference stand-ins, and everyone's like, okay – this team is definitely going to be, you know, a, a challenge. And then Zion gets hurt in January again. And then the Pelicans, what happens? They pretty much, uh, you know, fight their way into the play-in game. And then they ultimately lose to the Thunder. And right. then they get the 14th pick in the NFL draft. I am mean, not the NFL draft. We've been talking so much about <laughs> the it. NFL draft. The NBA draft, which they did have a good pick with Jordan Hawkins. He's definitely going to be an elite shooter for them. Right. Uh, but, yeah, that's pretty much. It's going to get probably – you know, Trey Murphy, Zion package, something like that, or a couple of first-round picks. It's definitely going to be a haul to get, uh, you know, a player like Damian Lillard. He's one of the best shooters of all time. You know, it's Dame time. He's always clutch, especially when his team gets into the playoffs. So I think that the Pelicans, out, you know, all the teams, like the Clippers, Timberwolves, Celtics, and Pelicans, I just don't – I you know, I definitely think they have the young talent in the package that the Portland Trailblazers are going to look for. I saw today that uh, Brian Windhorst of ESPN that he said that they don't even have a package that Portland wants. So that's definitely surprising. I thought that right. the Miami Heat would have been on the phone call first. So if that eliminates Miami, then who knows at this point? I mean, it's definitely going to take a haul, though. Well, if it eliminates Miami, I think the other two teams were, uh, or the other three teams were Clippers, Timberwolves, Pelicans. Yeah. Clippers would be interesting to see. Clippers, uh, uh, they're trying to get James Harden. There's some rumors circling right. around there that he could join forces with, with PG and Kawhi. I think that would probably be the best move yeah. uh, for James. It would be a cheaper move. That definitely. Um, Timberwolves, of course, they just re- uh, they just extended Anthony Edwards' contract. Uh, Celtics was another name. They lost Marcus Smart. He was traded. I just don't know um, if they have a package. Right. I just feel I like out of all those four teams, the Pelicans have like the young town in the core that right. really flashes like, ooh, that's like the most that you know the most that they can get it, because the Blazers, you, think, you know, are pretty much in tank mode at this point. If they're getting rid, you gotta think Portland's in the rebuild. Yeah, and they, they're gonna want a lot of draft capital. You know, they want a lot of first round draft picks that way they can get some more young town because after they get rid of Damian Lillard. That's going to be a team that's going to be rotten, probably going to be in the lottery until, you know, they get the core that they really want to. Right. Um, I mean, I'd love to see Dame time and Zion on the court at the same time. But I don't imagine a world where the Pelicans can get Damian Lillard and keep both Brandon Ingram and Zion. And I think the longer you hold on to Zion, the, the, I mean, his, what am I trying to say here? His uh, his value goes down, right? Yeah. And so I think if you're gonna, if they're interested in them, you got to send them. Um, you know, that could be the biggest mistake in New Orleans Pelicans history. Or if he gets hurt every year like he's been, then that's a steal. It's a gamble you got to you got to take. And I'm glad I am not the GM. Um, you know, the other free agency news: Kyrie Irving re-signed with the Dallas Mavericks. I don't think Mav fans are they don't too want that. thrilled about that like, get out of here go to the lakers right uh fred van fleet from the raptors down to the h-town rockets with uh dylan brooks they spent a lot of money yeah. you think that puts the rockets back in contention here tyler or should i be traveling what, back to make some games i'm really liking the core that houston rockets they already have jabari smith they got our boy right. tar eason yes uh, yeah. who's gonna be a stud fred van vliet dylan brooks i mean you, the way that you look at this division, you know, the Grizzlies, uh, they added a couple of guys. 
Chris Smart. They also signed D Rose too, uh, who I feel like has been playing forever. Right. He's probably on the back end of his career. He's probably his final hey, stint. It might be the veteran that John Morant needs to maybe. Yeah. Yeah. While he's him, gone, get him checked in. Yeah, and you know, no more Tyus Jones for them. So maybe D- Derek Rose can step into that starting right. uh, point guard role there. Uh, so I think you know, looking at the division, you had the Pelicans. Uh, you know, you had the Spurs who, you know, Vic, with, with Victor Wembanyama, they're going to be a couple of year rebuild still. And then you got the Mavericks with Luka Doncic. Uh, but you just don't, you know, is he going to get pissed off like Damian Lillard did that we're not right. winning? And I want to trade. So you just don't know. So I think give the Rockets a couple of years. I think they're slowly building a core that could definitely sneak them in, uh, you know, into the plane too. I think Fred Van Fleet definitely uh, catapults yeah. them. Uh, into that, yeah, he was that big for the Raptors' uh, title yep. run. Everyone wants to talk about you know Lowry in that run, but Van Vliet in the playoffs, especially in the finals, he really cooked exactly. So, uh, NBA offseason, Wild Wild West. Uh, I mean, they had one of the reporters, Shams, his his screen time was at like 19 hours a day. I mean, come on, man, I wonder what Woj is dropping yeah, bombs real. left and right. I mean, that's five hours of the day for you to sleep. I mean, what's that's insane. So, uh but I, that's that's all I got, Tyler. That's kind of that wrap. Yep. You know, not a whole lot of sports going on. A lot of off seasons, a lot of trade talks. So we appreciate everybody tuning in. Uh, we're excited for fantasy football starting back up. We're going to keep it going every week. Getting to our previews for uh, college football and the NFL. Um, that's where we really. That's our core. So, uh, of course, SEC bias, but we'll have all of the divisions for the, for the college football NCAA season. Uh, Tyler. Enjoy your 4th of July. Stay safe. Uh, All our listeners, we appreciate you watching. Remember, call an Uber. NASCAR Neil told me before the show, he's got an Uber lined up. So don't drink and drive. Don't do anything stupid to ruin your life. Call an Uber. Stay safe away from fireworks. Yes. Uh, Who is it from? uh, He's on the Buccaneers now. Mr. Three Finger Combo. Oh, JPP. Uh, I think he's not on the Bucks anymore. But I I think he might be retired. But uh, Yeah. yeah. You don't want to mess with fireworks. I saw a video on TikTok yesterday. <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> the fireworks tipped over, shot over to the car where the box oh. of fireworks was. Yeah, don't put a was- don't put a bunch of fireworks by a car. That's just stupid. Yeah, I really wanted to see from that video the aftermath. So, you know, I bet that car is is just charred at this point. Yes, uh, be careful with the fireworks, yes. everybody. Uh, with that, we appreciate you all for watching. Drop a subscribe, like, comment. We love it. Uh, We'll see you next week.